Indigenous Superstars with your host, Rhonda Hand. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Indigenous Superstars. Welcome to, uh, I'm coming to you live from Opaskia Cree Nation. I'm currently in Big Eddie right now, the heart of OCN. So tonight we're, I'm going to be interviewing my 50, 50, I think 55th guest. Yeah, or no, 56th guest. Sorry about that. Yeah, my, I'm really excited to, so the show is still going on uh, twice a week. I have it, I have, uh, I've been interviewing really amazing, awesome guests for the past, since, since April, since right when COVID started. And that's when this idea came about and I decided to interview some really awesome musicians. And now I'm expanding out into other other areas and, and there's so many artists with uh, indigenous people and I started in, I'm starting to interview people in the Palo Trail and people who are uh, indigenous designers so my first indigenous designer I'm, I'm interviewing on Thursday so I'm really excited to have her on on the show that's uh, her her company's called Red Berry Woman and her her garments that she makes are so, so beautiful. Uh, but tonight I have a really special guest. Uh, I announced I announced that I was going to interview her today. That's Marianne Patrick. And and immediately it went crazy and viral on social media. And and it uh, Marianne messaged me and said that that the uh, her social media was going crazy too. And and Everyone's excited that I got Marianne to uh, be my guest tonight, and I'm looking forward to to having a conversation with her. So I'm just going to bring her on on screen. Hello, Marianne. Hi. How are you? I'm good. That's good. So I was just telling the audience that that uh, when I announced that I was going to be interviewing you, that it just went crazy. It went viral. <laughs> People were sharing the post and commenting, what time is the show on? And so they're really excited that that uh, I was going to be interviewing you tonight. Yeah, that's really exciting for me because um, I didn't expect to ever be in, on your show, let alone be called a superstar. <laughs> well, you know what? There's so many uh, in the Palo Trail that we have, our, because I, I belong to the Palo Trail too, I dance as well. And, and um, you know, we have our own stars, right? Our own celebrities in the Apollo Trail. And, and uh, when, because I belong to that circle, too, I wanted to start highlighting the, the dancers and the singers and the people who do the bead, the artisans that do the beadwork, the, the MCs, because it's such a beautiful way of life. And, and uh you know, it takes so much stamina to learn how to da to to dance, and 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 to me, they're like our Olympians. So they're in in our circle. There is superstars in our circle, and I'm really happy that that um, you know I, I interviewed Ruben last week, and and uh, you're the first female, and they're first female dancer, to, and and and. Um, beadwork and I know you're you uh, we have lots of I have lots of questions to ask you and I know you have lots to share with me <laughs> well first of all I want to thank you for having me on your show and um, yeah you're blazing the trail here with um, uh, you know showcasing all our uh, uh, artists models singers dancers you know it's it's really good that uh, uh, because, like you said, we do have our own celebrity. You know, we have lots of celebrities amongst us. So, thank you for doing this. You're welcome, and I'm really excited because it's going to keep me busy, even more busier. Because we do have a lot of uh, um, indigenous musicians, but there's also different genres where where our people are, have are excelling and have excelled, and and you know, I. I I wanted to expand into the Palo Trail too, so that we can document our stories and uh, and highlight our our indigenous people who are important in in the Palo Trail. So, 
Oh, my sister's commenting. She goes watching Janet. Janet, uh, she said, hi, Marianne. And she's sharing to all her Facebook sites. <laughs> said, hi. hi, Janet. So I'm just going to let the, the other audience members tuning in, you know, if you want to make a comment on, on, uh, on um, social media, I'll post it up on the, on the site. And, and if you have a question to ask Marianne, I'll, I'll relay it to her. So thank you for tuning in. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, uh, Marianne. Um, what inspired you to get into dancing, Powell? Well, long ago, when um, when I was small, like a toddler size, I remember traveling. My parents were going to powwows, and um, I remember um, going to Newtown powwow. And back then, that was a long trek. And uh, I remember, like, because from Pipestone, Chinookawakpa um, First Nation, to Newtown is like three to four hours. And um, I remember we would stop before the border. We would stop at this town on the way. It's called Melita. And uh, my parents would shop for groceries and then... They used to have a favorite stop just before the border. There was tall trees. And um, they stopped and uh, they rolled everything out. Next thing you know, there's a fire going. And uh, my mother was cooking. And she had real plates too. And uh, she would cook up a, a big storm, a, a big meal. And uh, and then she, uh, she would feed us all. And then packed it all away. And away we went again. That was our halfway stop. And then we would go through Minot, uh, pick up a few more things, and on to Newtown to their powwow. That was a, a, a major trip back then. And then later on, uh, uh, we were, I remember going to places like uh, uh, Standing Buffalo. And uh, those hills, they looked like mountains to me. That's how small I was. And it was a dream to go up there. And then later on in life, I got to climb up there and realize it wasn't a mountain. But, you know, nonetheless, that's what uh, Powell people did when they went to a standing buffalo is to go climb up on those hills and look on down to the Powell grounds. So along, along the way there, I saw dancers. I saw different categories of dancers. And the ones that uh, mesmerized me were the fancy shawl dancers. And uh, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what they did with their feet to move that fast. And they looked like they were floating. They looked like they were flying. And back then, they were not dancing anything like today. You know, it's high stepping today and high flying. And back then, they were closer to the ground. And there was footwork, and it was the footwork that just mesmerized me. And uh, it became a mystery. How do they do that? It became a mystery. And then one of my cousins, we one day we were going to figure this out. I don't know how we did it, but we got some footsteps in, and the rest is history. That's so awesome. That, that's what inspired me is fancy shawl dancing. I remember when I started going out to the Palo Trail, when I joined the Palo Trail, I remember you were dancing fancy that time too. And you were, you were one of the champion dancers in, in the Palo Trail. So it was a real pleasure to watch you dance and, and, you know, healing myself too, watching you dance. So thank you for sharing your dances with, with us on the Palo Trail. Thank you. And then you, you moved on to women's traditional. Yeah. Um, I danced uh, fancy for for most of my life, and um, I lived for uh, fitness. So eating healthy and uh, keeping fit just to go be able to dance at the next powwow was, uh, was a passion. And so I used to run um, long distance in, in school. So I carried that on. So I was running during the week and then dancing on the weekends. And I did that throughout my whole life till my knees couldn't do it anymore. So I, I took up walking for exercise 
that was difficult to do for exercise. And then, then I had to um, resort to biking next. So I went through all those stages, you know, my knees deteriorating. And then I did some uh, alternative uh, treatments. So that got me going. And then, okay, um, I want to I wanna dance again. But I didn't know what, the, I knew I couldn't dance fancy. I just didn't want to go there. And then we went to uh, Indio, California. And um, you know how it is. Eh? Everywhere you go, there's competition. And then suddenly, there's nobody in that category. So that Friday night, there was only two women traditional dancers. And I traveled there with um, Lisa Ewok and uh, our late sister Yvette and my niece, Jessie. We, we traveled there. And uh, they said that. Uh, that Saturday morning, they said, oh, we registered you. You're going to dance. Lisa's saying, um, I have my traditional outfit, and you're going to dance with those women. I was just told I was registered. <laughs> so what do I do? Okay. You know, so I was wearing this short dress. <laughs> wearing a short dress, and uh, I was out there grand entry just walks through and it's like how do they wear these dresses it was so heavy and um, grand entry was over and oh I was looking for my seat right away so I go sit down and then this uh, lady was right behind me and she came and stood in front of me and I kind of looked at her and was wondering what she was doing following me and then standing in front of me and then she said uh, she was from uh, I think she, it was a uh, some power committee at uh, Big Bear in California, which is uh, in the mountains um, on the south, southeast, uh, no, northeast um, of Los Angeles, up in the mountains. And uh, she said, I brought my uh, power president here for, uh, she, she wanted to find a head lady dancer and so I brought her here for the grand entry and she looked at all the ladies dancing and then she chose you to be her head lady dancer. Oh, uh, wow. And so we exchanged information and then she left and then I, I was, I was uh, bragging up to uh, the sisters there that I just got out there and then I, I got a head dance gig. So then in order to prepare for that um uh, head dance the following year I I had to make uh, my own my own outfit my own traditional dance outfit because uh, uh, I wasn't allowed to just put the dress away and walk away how many powers Lisa showed up here you're dancing <laughs> <laughs> well that was meant to be that's for sure <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I started off and then um that power was coming up. I had to have my dress done. So we got it done. And I remember, uh, uh, I'm going to have to tell this story because uh, if I don't tell this story, Lisa Meaches is going to get after me. <laughs> another story. Another Lisa. So anyway, the dress was done. My new dress, it was that gold dress with, uh, it's done in two cut beads. So it sparkles and it had all those horses on there. So I'm sitting inside the van and I didn't want to come out because I was like, this dress is too much. This dress is too beautiful. I, I can't wear this. I didn't feel myself worthy to, of something so beautiful. And, and Lisa was there. Lisa Meaches. She, she literally dragged me out of the van. And because um, this was Sunday evening, final grand entry, I didn't wear that dress. I wore the blue dress, uh, Lisa's dress. And then everyone was waiting for me to change into this new dress for a contest. So I changed and then I wouldn't come out. I refused to come out. So she finally got me out and then she said, hurry, get out there because your contest is going to be on. And uh, so I'm taking off, and then I said, wait, I have to go see my sisters first because both my sisters were there. And uh, so we went over there, 
I had to show I was I was I was the the that little girl to them. I was that little sister to them, and that's just how they treated me. And I had to go show them my new dress first. So we went to where my sisters were sitting, show them the dress, and then okay, now I can go dance. So then we went to the MC stand, and then it came in from behind, and then I couldn't go out there again. And I literally got pushed to go out there. And so I remember walking into the um, uh, dance floor, and the arena director was just running by, and he just went past me, stopped dead in his tracks, took a few steps back, looked at me, looked me up and down, and then he took off again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. I remember that dress. It was, it's, it's very beautiful, and, and uh, I'm glad Lisa pushed you and your sisters encouraged you and that uh, arena director did a double take. <laughs> yeah, so that, that dress went, went around, made its, uh, it went to the, the head dance gig in California. And um, we were over there and um, we stayed up in uh, cabins. And that's the year that, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Mike Tyson. He was up there training and uh, oh. he was, you know, he was famous for that ear biting, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then we were like, Mike Tyson is here, you know, because we were told. And uh and we were like, we went like this. <laughs> <laughs> right away we covered our ears. <laughs> Good I remember my, my son was, was with me that time and we went up to the uh, we were there early uh, that Friday, and we went up into the power ground, and there was, we were like, I don't know, four hours too early, and there was not a soul there, and nothing was in place, it seemed like, but they were all prepared. It's just that they had those uh, canopies. They had a circle of canopies. That was their arbor, and my son was like, is this going to be a power? I said, yeah. And he looks around, and he says, Where? I said, in the middle. And he says, uh, oh, you're going to dance out there? Uh, yeah, that's how they dance over here. So we were there for, for that event. And then um, I, I I don't know if uh, we passed Mike Tyson anywhere because he was there training right at that same town. Cool. That well, you still have both your ears. So I yeah, <laughs> proof you didn't see him. <laughs> Dress went went around uh, all over Powell Country, and then we went to um, the famous uh, Skimits and Powells. And um, I was really fortunate because um, I I was able to uh, capture the, the the trophy over there. The guys have it here somewhere. They wanted mm -hmm. my grandsons wanted me to beautiful show, show off my uh, beautiful yeah my, that's uh, great that's beautiful. What category was that for? It was for uh, Northern Traditional. Nice. Yeah, so we brought a trophy home, and uh, that dress went around for a while, and then my knees gave out again, and I couldn't dance anymore. So I stopped for a while again, and then did some more alternative treatment, and then I went on to, uh, when I was feeling okay to dance, I went on to Jingle, and uh, danced jingle for a while and uh, did well. And it's fortunate that way, you know, that uh, going into different categories, um, I, I did well. And I'm, I'm really um, uh, grateful for that, that I'm able to uh, dance in uh, the three different categories. And then uh, I remember we were at uh, Yorkton, Yorkton Powwow in uh, 07. And uh, <clears throat> I seen this uh, little shawl at a vendor and that shawl just attracted me. And all I wanted was that shawl, but I didn't have the, the money for it. I didn't have cash on me. And then there was a jingle dress special. So we were dancing in there and here uh, I got, I placed in it anyway. My first thought right away, I'm gonna go get that shawl. So 
I go buy that shawl. And it's just a small shawl that you could just kind of put over your arm, kind of a uh, shawl. And meanwhile, at that powwow, there were uh, uh, there was a fancy dance special, and um, people were asking me, "Are you going to dance in there?" And like, "No, I," because that year before, uh, I did dance fancy at one powwow in Saskatoon. In the they had a category called original fancy shawl category, and um, I never danced in there. And then Lisa Ewok again. She said, uh, um, you haven't, we all won that category already. You haven't won it yet. So come and dance in there. And so I, I, I did go and here I was, I had to make a, uh, whip up a dress every morning just to like a tea dress, just to, to, uh, uh, have a different dress every, every category. And uh, lo and behold, I was fortunate I, I won. So then. I told Lisa, there, I won. Now I can go back to Jingle. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to Yorkton. Um, one of my friends, I don't know if I should be naming names here, huh? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was posting earlier, said I might be telling a story about you. Yeah, my friend Dorothy. She lured me to her uh, RV, and uh, she said, "She says here, try this on." She kept throwing these long tea dresses at me because uh, uh, she was one that asked me if I would dance in that special, and I and I said no. I said I don't have anything. I I jokingly said, "All I have is a shawl." Here she she was trying to suit me up for a, a dress, and then she had this kind of a moss. Uh, and bronze two-tone satin dress, that dress got me <laughs> because it matched that shawl, but I, I just fell in love with that dress. And I said, okay, okay. So here, take the dress. So I took the dress. And then when time came for that fancy shawl special, this is a regular fancy shawl special. This is not original style. This is not old style. This is fancy dance special. All the big names are out there and everything, and so I got ready, and I was sitting in that um, hockey player's box. What do you what do you what do you call those places? The penalty box. Yeah, <laughs> they're rattling out how the songs are gonna go. Two songs this and two songs that, and the last song is uh, whatever. And I I thought to myself, that's five songs. What makes me wow, that's a lot. <laughs> what makes me think I'm gonna dance five songs? I just sat down and gave up, just sitting there. And then my next thought was, uh, well, who said you're gonna make it to the finals? Because <laughs> 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 it's two songs to move up to the next group, and then two Great. songs again, and then five finalists are gonna be the for the for the fifth song, then I I realized that like oh geez yeah okay yeah let's go dance these two songs. So I get myself ready and I go out there and it was um, who was singing uh, High Noon and um, I think it was Whitefish Juniors. High Noon was uh, uh, one of the drums anyway. So we danced two songs and then. Um, I'm standing there, you know, you know, hurry up and pick your dancer so I can go sit down, you know, and then here somebody comes. Like, oh my God, I can't dance two more songs. Somebody get me a bucket of water here. I had people giving me water. They must have felt bad for me. I was hoping they had an oxygen tank there too. So anyway, so two songs went by and I'm standing there like, oh, I want to go sit down and just pick your five dancers and I'm, I'm out of here. I'm standing there with my eyes closed and I could feel something on here on my shoulder and I had my head down and I looked and here I was picked again. It's like, are you serious? Are you kidding? <laughs> so the fifth song was, I, th I was a, uh, um, 
I can't remember who it was. So we were out there dancing. And I'm standing there just sweating profuse. Like I'm just wiping my face, wiping my face. Somebody's giving me water. And I'm standing there with my head down. And, and I look up and all these women judges were in the middle. You know how they stand in the middle. And then that AD takes off running to the MC. And uh, the MC announces, um, they want one more song. Are you kidding me? Oh, wow. <laughs> one more song. And they said, they want straight and fast. Well, I'm out of here. I, I can't do another fast, especially a fast song. I No, I, I'm going to go sit down. I'm standing there. Then um, who starts singing? High noon. And you know, they got these original songs, right? And it's like, okay, let's dance the song. It's high noon singing. <laughs> so I'm out there. I'm just giving it. And then song was over. And I am definitely had my eyes closed. And I'm ready to fall. And I'm standing there. It's like, I wish they'd hurry up and pick their winner so we, so I can go sit down. And I, I could feel presence around me. And I kind of opened my eyes and I seen somebody walking by and somebody walking by. And I felt something on my back and I looked up and here they were putting a stark quilt over me as the winner. Oh, that's awesome. That's an awesome yeah. story. So, so I had my little child all this time. And then the next morning, I ran into uh, committee members and... They said, the reason why we asked for a sixth song fast is because we wanted to see who is still doing footwork. So I've always shared this to friends who are fancy shawl dancing, encouraging them, do your footwork. Do your footwork. So something that's we right. learned. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's that. that that's that's my uh, dancing story of, of my life. And uh, I haven't danced um, for a long, long, long time now. And um, I, I'll update you on my dancing here on this on your show. That uh, this week I've had some unfortunate news about my knees that um, my knees are officially done and I need to move on to some serious treatment or I'll be in a wheelchair in, within two years. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and I just wanted to let the audience know that dancing is really is really hard work. It's, you, you have to exercise, you have to run, you have to lift weights, and you're constantly moving and training all the time. Because when you get out there to go and dance, maybe it's three, four, or five minute songs, and and that you're we're dancing two songs out there, uh, and and it's lots, lots and lots of work, uh, lots of stamina and strength, and and um, it it it's it's a, a huge physical activity and and that's why i say that you guys are our olympians when you guys are out there dancing and you just keep on going and uh, i'm so happy you shared that that story with us and yeah and, uh, yeah and, and there's a lot of people commenting on there um uh trisha withhorn said yes you were the champion of champions and you're legendary janet's janet my sister said wow thank you for sharing that beautiful story um, Trisha also said prayers for you, Marianne, and Janet said prayers for you too. Yeah, so and I'm um, uh, prayers for you too. Yeah, uh, a quick message to all all the dancers. You know, uh, diet is important. Um, cutting out sugar, grease. Um, diet is really important, and you can take weight off without exercise by what you eat. Because I I've been there, I've, I've done that too. So um, take care of yourself. You know, exercise. Um, there's ellipticals. There's bikes. 
You don't have to be uh, running uh, six miles a day because that's really, really hard on your knees. And then we don't have to be, we don't have to put ourselves through that because later on in our lives, we come to this. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate that uh, uh, other than my knees, my, my health is, is okay. So take care of yourself for, for, your, for your knees. Take care of your knees. That's very good advice. That's that's the uh, story of my dancing. That's a that's a great story. Thank you. And I was reading some of the comments on on, on uh, their social media, and one of them was you went on uh, one one of the great adventures that you went on was that you got to perform at, a, at an Olympic event. Can you tell us about that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I went to um, uh, Red Lake, Minnesota, power for one day, and uh, as soon as I got there, I I just went to look on, and uh, one of my friends said, uh, uh, "They're they're looking for you. You need to call this number." So um, I called that number, and and sure enough, I was on a list to go dance for the Summer Olympics in '96 in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I was really surprised. And yes, yes, of course I will. So uh, I got flown out there. Um, it was nice flying first class. And uh, it was just a you know, first class event. And here that group was called uh, Discover Native America. And there was a lot of powwow dancers from the trail that, that were there. And we all gathered. And we had a great time. We really had a great time because... We all worked together, and we enjoyed each other's company. Uh, we went through the routines and stuff, and we all knew what we had to do. And um, um, we went in like a grand entry style. The men's traditional went on first, and the women's fancy were, were uh, the last ones to perform. And we did like four shows a day. It was grueling. We had to get up real early. And... Um, um, get on, have our breakfast, get on a bus and go down to the, the site and um, get to our spot and get ourselves ready and be ready for the first show, like um, 10, 10, 30 or whatever. It was a morning show anyway. Then uh, uh, two in the afternoons and then one in the evening. And um, it was, the setting was inside like a big top tent and uh, the audience came from all over the world. And it wasn't like a packed event all the time, but there were spectators there uh, that were, you know, flowing steady. And uh, there was always people there from all over the world. And from from uh, the States, too, there was uh, whoever was uh, at the Olympics uh, taking any events. Uh, they also came to the to our uh, uh, event and watched us uh, perform for for them it was it was really an experience and uh, we were there for like four or five weeks for the whole duration of the event of the Olympics and then um, I was flown back again um, I flew back with um, uh, Preston Paji he's from uh, Dakota Tipi he was uh, the one of the men fancy dancers and also the hoop dancer for for that event. And I remember he and I flew back. We were sitting first class. And uh, I remember there was some, I don't know what it was like on the ground, but uh, we were told that there was some ferocious storm going on uh, in between, uh, I think it was probably around Minneapolis, above, above northern Minnesota, because... The plane had to go east. I don't know how far east we had to go to go around this ferocious storm. And then finally we went around and made it back to Winnipeg. And I could see see from up there that, that storm. That was something to see. But the event itself was, like I said, it was, we got to see a lot of, uh, some of us had, chances to go to uh, the sporting events and I remember going to a basketball uh, 
game and saw some of the the world famous uh, basketball players. I can't even remember their names. And then I was also there when uh, what's his name? That Johnson guy. Uh, ben is it Ben Johnson from Canada? Remember he got caught with uh, steroids or something? Oh yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, I, I was there when that happened. And then um, uh, over over uh, uh, one of our break sessions, I I went for a, a quick walk. I went to get something and I didn't have my I didn't take my camera. And uh, here I ran into uh, um. I'm missing names here. <clears throat> um, the guy from uh, uh, Rambo, the the Russian boxer. Okay. Um, name again? What's his name? Audience left. Anyway, that guy. He okay, I know you're talking about yeah, 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 but I can't recall his name offhand. <laughs> I think they call yeah. him Drago in the uh, movie. But anyway, he was uh, a coach for one of oh, the U.S. Uh, teams. I think they were rowing or some U.S. team anyway. He was the coach. And here he was, this real tall guy was standing at the uh, intersection that where the lights waiting for the walk sign to, to go on so he could uh, cross the street. And I'm standing there next to him. <laughs> and then uh, I thought, well, this guy is kind of tall. So I, I looked up <laughs> I looked up at this guy beside me and then I looked away and it's like, hey, this guy looks familiar. And then I looked at him again and then the light must have changed because he he started walking away and I'm like, there's that guy. <laughs> I didn't have a camera. Oh. I didn't have a camera every time. That one moment, <laughs> no camera. <Jeez>. <laughs> so, <laughs> so some of the powers that I've attended where you were at, you're always doing beadwork of some of some sort. Can you tell us about about uh, the beadwork that you've done? Um, you know, I started off when I had my son, and um, I just stayed at home, so. That's when I, I I was beating before, but not um, you know when you're when you're just at home not doing anything, then you kind of up your game and beat more, and you want to do more. So that's how I got started, you know, because I I was staying home with my baby and uh, raising him. So that that's when I got into um, uh, beating for others, and then um, I want to share one special story here. Um, I, I used to have a, a, a store, um, you know, there's lots of, um, handicraft stores nowadays. And, uh, I used to have a store too. It was called a uh, high Eagle trading post. And we, it was our, our, our logo was a uh, one-stop shop power supplies. And we carried everything, even tackles for fancy dancers and Pendleton's. But we carried the beads, the threads, the leathers, the whatever, crow beads, pony beads, uh, ribbon. We had it all. And uh, I used to take it to powwows. And uh, I had an RV and we used to go to powwows. And then uh, uh, people were asking for a coffee. So we had a coffee pot happening. And then uh, they were looking for something to drink. So we had uh, a pop happening coffee and pop and then some are like well, we should bring us something to eat so that one summer we served uh, uh foot long hot dogs and i just recently told this to my grandsons and i said i did that and you know what i had all kids with me and uh we did the grand entry everybody all all the kids were dancing there was like six kids that traveled with me and my baby. And uh, we all made grand entry. I I said, I don't know who was minding the store at grand entry. I don't know who was taking care of the baby during grand entry. <laughs> but 
but we 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 did it. We we did it, and uh, so I was saying that uh, I I had the pleasure of starting that, and I was really um, fortunate to to have that experience. So I had all this uh, when I got out of it. Um, I got out of it for uh, uh, health reasons. Uh, I had a family member uh, not well, so that that little my little business stopped so i had all this um, leftover stock and i had a uh some beads that the bag broke and they were all in the bottom of the box and <clears throat> one night there i was cleaning up and i put all those beads in a in a bowl it was like a big fruit bowl and there must have been like maybe four or five bags of those uh, beads, and they were turquoise, like the color of my shirt here. And um, that time, um, Lisa Ewok was in my life already, and she wanted me to make her an outfit because she was going to go to our Miss Indian World. So that particular night, I'm sitting there going like this, playing with the beads. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. And... Uh, I was amazed with how they sparkled falling. So I was playing with these beads and I could see a dancer in there spinning around. And that dancer had on like a harness, but it was a lady dancing fancy, but she was wearing a harness. And I was like amazed with that. So later on, uh, to make the long story short, that's how Lisa's uh, very first uh, outfit that we made her came to be I used those beads they were this color my shirt and uh, she had the very first harness style she went to Miss Indian World to compete and she won and the rest is history for her her dancing and uh, to this day um, she comes she comes to us to uh, uh, get a new outfit so we did most of her sets and I'm just amazed at uh, we make her an outfit it's so beautiful i can't see making something better than what she's got until two three years later um she'll come back and then it it just falls together for her again I, i'm just amazed at how how these uh designs are falling together for her the colors she would say just make it you 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 do you know what you do best just make it and um and she's not the only one there's other other uh sets of beadwork that have come together uh actually a lot of them they just kind of fall into place on their own and um i've been really really fortunate that way that um these uh, outfits the designs the colors They've been coming together, not for me, but for the dancer. It's about the dancer, their spirit to dance. That's that's what it's about. It's not me to sit there and design. It it's somehow it just comes for them. Yeah, Lisa's outfits are, are incredible and they're really beautiful. And I wish I had a picture to show, but I, I could probably post a, a photo on, on Indigenous Superstar because I've seen one of her posts recently with her, her outfit is so colorful and vibrant and it's really beautiful. And she's wearing that, that harness that you're talking about. She's got a new one again. We, we made her a new set that's yet to come out. Oh, I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, when, when COVID is out, you know, she'll be out. She'll be out with that new set. I'm just so anxious to uh, to see it when when uh, when all this is over because uh, that's that's a nice nice set. I look forward to seeing it. So not only do not only are you a, a, ch a champion dancer, a legend in the Palo Trail, and a um, a beautiful. You do beautiful art with your beadwork, but you you also have a ranch with horses. Can you tell us about your 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 horses? Well, um, 
I recently posted a picture of my son Jay, and uh, uh, I took that picture about I don't know two three weeks ago, where he was actively involved with uh, that one day. You know, actually, I think it was Christmas Day that uh, we went out. Uh, we had Christmas for <clears throat> for our horses. We decorated the barn and and. Uh, <laughs> These guys um, grained them. They gave them grains. You know, it, it was their Christmas meal. So <clears throat> we were all out there, and uh, he was out there too. Jay was out there too. And uh, I took some pictures, and then I posted them, and I said, he who brought horses back to his community. And what I meant by that was when he was five years old or around there, he wanted horses. So we bought him ponies. And then later on, uh, horses. And uh, I think the last time he rode was, he was still a teenager. And he hasn't ridden since. And uh, so these horses have uh, come and gone uh, in our lives. And, uh, you know, life goes on. You have, uh, sometimes you have uh, tra tragedies happen. And uh, um, horses uh, also uh, come and go. And uh, we had a, a thoroughbred operation here uh, at one point. And uh, that's what uh, uh, my grandsons wanted uh, uh, to share. I don't know if you can see, but uh, this uh, picture right behind me. Mm -hmm. yep. That's that's yep. Secretariat, <clears throat> and uh, Secretariat is a world famous uh, thoroughbred horse. Uh, uh, he's uh, a legend, uh, category of his own. And uh, I took that picture. Uh, I went to see him, and uh, the reason why uh, we went to Kentucky is because uh, we already had racehorses. And we ended up with, uh, we claimed a horse at the Sinboya Downs in Winnipeg. And uh, here he was uh, a grandson of Secretariat. And, oh, uh, wow. Yes, I don't know if you can see this picture here. Yeah, I could see it. We could see it. His name is, uh, um, his official name is Gay Fandango. And, uh, oh, no, that's his sire. But his official name is uh, Centripetal. And... Um, I just called him Penny. I used to like calling him Penny because he was a color of, of uh, a penny. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, so yeah, they came through our, our lifetime here. And uh, different times, there's been horses here. No matter uh, what happened, and the horses, I've let them go. But the horses would enter back into our life again. And this last time, um, I lost uh, two brothers in um, 2014 and 2015, eight months apart. And, uh, you know, uh, grieving is, is really, is really uh, it can take a toll on you. And over time, I've, I've let everything go. All, all the horses, uh, they all went to therapy homes. And then um, the equipment, um, you know, we had a, a, a four-horse uh, trailer. We've had uh, large trucks. Uh, we, we had all the equipment, and we reached a point where uh, there was no longer anything here, and life went on, and we did memorials every year for my brothers. And after... Uh, the, the last year, the fourth year, I had said, uh, we're going to do a ride, a memorial ride for my brothers in their fourth year memorial. And so it it, um, it happened and we had to get uh, horses and uh, we couldn't find any horses to buy. And uh, so finally I said, uh, well, horses will come and... I think about a month later, um, two horses came 
thanks to uh, uh, Chief Dennis Meaches, two horses came, and that was the beginning. And uh, we we tried to uh, 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 buy horses from uh, horse people, and for some reason they weren't working out. And um, so these horses came from um, um, Chief Dennis Meaches, and that was the beginning. So we were starting that wheel again, and horses started started coming on their own. And now we have uh, <clears throat> eight horses, and uh, three of them are, are ponies. And uh, but right now it it um, I I just feel like uh, uh, we're we're taking we're being taken on this horse journey. Uh, by my brothers because uh, things have been falling into place the grandsons have uh, stepped up and they're they're uh, old enough now to to take care of horses they're old enough to um, ride on their own and they've stepped up and they rode in those memorials and uh, really good things have happened we, we've had blessings since then, and uh, it seems like there's more and more people coming all the time. I'm getting calls, uh, people wanting to come here to see the horses. They want to be part of the, the horse program, and, uh, and then the ponies came into play for some reason. The uh, ponies, uh, I got one pony, then another one came, and another one came, and uh, People just come here and they just fall in love with these ponies, and um, it's therapy. You know, they uh, there's people here in this community who would drive by, stop. There's a stop on the road just to look at the horses, and that's that's their therapy. They that's feel so good. Awesome. They they feel good after um, seeing watching the horse for however long they're there. And uh, right now, that's that's where we're at. Um, we're sharing our horses. And um, um, I know we're, we're going to have so many people here after COVID is over. And um, I I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and Janet will be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, I know that um, we'll have a lot of people here by... Uh, by that time, hopefully, this COVID will go away um, by soon. Go away, COVID. Go away because we yes, have. A I agree. Yeah, I totally and, agree. Yeah. So, um, what can I say? You know, these these horses have have been our our uh, uh, they've been guiding us. You know, on on a horse journey, and um, we're honored. We're honored and, uh, you know, to be chosen that way because if not, if, if yeah, and, and if not, what would we be doing right now? You know, every day, every day is uh, um, work for the horses. You know, they, they got to be checked on. I wake up in the morning, I count horses, and uh, then these guys wake up. And, you know, they go out there, they do their thing. And uh, no matter what we do, our plants, they all evolve around the horses. And uh, there's a COVID going on. Um, we're in total quarantine right now. And, uh, but here at White Horse Ranch, uh, nothing's really changed because we still wake up and we have the horses. Uh, we can go outside, be with the horses. Um, yeah, I don't know what we would do without without them, especially during this time of pandemic. Yeah, you're so lucky to be with horses, and I wanted you to talk about about your your ranch and and the horses that you have and that ride that you've been you've been going on. And I, I want to thank you for. For sharing all your wonderful stories and your wisdom and and your when you were a champion champion dancer and the advice that you've given to up upcoming dancers and 
And thank you for sharing all your stories. And, and like I said before, I, uh, I decided to expand to to power people because they have such amazing stories that need to be told and to be shared. And I want the this show to document uh, like all the stories that you shared is so wonderful. And the people that are commenting there, they loved what you had to say. And, and there's so much respect for you um, from, uh, in the Apollo trail and then the people tuning in. And I want to really thank you for, for, taking the time and, and talking with me. I know you're a little bit nervous about it, but you did a great job in sharing sharing your story and your wisdom and your knowledge. And uh, um, like I said, I'm going to um, keep keep recruiting more dancers because I want to hear their stories. And and uh, so this is just the beginning. You're, uh, and thank you for being the first dancer to to share with us. And... and uh, Thank you so much. I love you and and uh, Kasagi Tin. I can't wait till COVID is over. You made me made me want to get ready to dance again. I'm getting a dress made too, and and uh, I can't wait to sit with you. And when we when we when we're allowed to go and dance, and when COVID is over. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Everybody's waiting. Um, I have a a, a request from uh, somebody to share a story of theirs. Do we have time? Sure. Yep. Yeah. And uh, this this uh, this is a kind of a funny story. And uh, it we were at the casino powwow, and uh, you know how after the powwow is over, everybody goes to the buffet at the casinos on the state side. <clears throat> so um, this was at the Spirit Lake Casino. We were trying to go to that uh, deli, but it was. Uh, closed so then we went to the buffet and uh there was uh uh i'll, I'll name names here because uh <laughs> we we got we get there and um there's a uh, tony wawiatan sitting there and uh with friends and he he's waving at us eh so <clears throat> we we walk in and the other uh families were um uh doug scofield and his wife, Josette, and their sons. And the other family was uh, Rod Atchenham, his wife, Candace, and the babies. And then I and Gordon and uh, grandsons. So we were kind of following them. And we, we, we were a large group. And we just kind of walked in. And, and we see Tony sitting there. So we're going to go join Tony. So we all, we all went that way. And, uh, you know, you get, it was late, so we knew we had to get our food right away. So everybody just loaded up and we're all sitting there eating and uh, loading up. And then suddenly we realized that the place closed and uh, <laughs> there was no cashier. It's like, well, how do we pay then? Well, there was no cashier. And uh, the buffet staff, they were being helpful. They were they were uh, moving things around and uh, waiting on us. And then then this uh, um, this woman walks in with a security guard. She was walking towards us. And we were all like, oh, no, we're in trouble. They're going to kick us out because we're not supposed to be in here. This, with this place is closed. And then we didn't even pay. So we all just sat there. And then we all kind of put our heads down and. And uh, they were looking for somebody, and they're kind of walking around us, and uh, we didn't know what what to say. And then uh, I think it was Doug that was that started talking to that lady, and and um, here that lady said, uh, "I guess I don't know what happened at the deli, but uh, they came to to uh, apologize." And I don't know why she was with a security guard, but they came to apologize and uh, told us to enjoy our evening. And then they left again. And, oh, my gosh, we were all so, so relieved because we <laughs> thought we were going to get kicked out and that we didn't pay. <laughs> that was, we all laughed. And to this day, we still laugh about it. And um, they, they said, we got to tell that story about the free buffet we had. <laughs> and then they apologized to you on top of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. 
the the buffet people they were like because they have to throw everything out after right and i think they're right. happy to not throw out so much food they were just encouraging us to eat more <laughs> <laughs> so there you go you well, now, we, now we know the trick to go now we know the trick to go to a buffet when it's closing <laughs> That's for a free meal. You get in there, slide into those doors, so you get a free buffet. <laughs> so there, Doug, I, show, I, I shared your story. <laughs> okay, Marianne, thank you so much for, for being on the show tonight and sharing all your stories. They're all great. And everyone tuning in, I'm sure that they look like they really enjoyed the stories that you shared and your knowledge as well. And and uh, my next guest is on Thursday. She's from Newtown, North Dakota. Maybe you know her. She's an awesome fashion designer, Norman Norma Flying Horse, and she she has her her company's called Red Berry Woman. And I'm really excited to have her on the show. Oh, awesome. and I can't wait for, I can't wait for you to see her design. She's a real total, uh, very talented Indigenous designer. So I'm uh, and stay safe, stay healthy. Um, wear your mask, social distance, uh, sanitize your hands. So let's get this COVID over with so we can get back onto the onto the Apollo Trail. Right, Marianne? That's right. So, yeah, wear your mask, wash your hands, and stay home. Don't go out unless you absolutely have to. And thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much. Very glad to have you on. Again next time when Rhonda interviews another up-and-coming Indigenous superstar. Only on Indigenous Superstars.